And you're selling something that you know has no value. We are selling to willing buyers at the current fair market price. Hey! We're recording the podcast! Shut up! Good morning to you, wherever you are, because it is a morning somewhere for February 27th, 2024. My name is Bernie Burns, sitting right next to me, so close to her all-time high, Ashley Burns. How you doing, Ash? <laughs> yeah, not, not too bad. I'm on a run. <laughs> yeah. We're uh, referring, of course, to uh, Bitcoin is on a big run right now. It's the uh, last 24 hours. We are recording this at 6 a.m. our time, uh, which is what? Midnight in America, at least in, in Austin? Yeah, that's about midnight central. Yeah. Uh, so Bitcoin's been on a run of about 10% uh, in the last 24 hours up to now $56,000 if you're keeping a score at home. Well, that puts it within striking distance of its all-time high. I remember I think of the all-time high for Bitcoin as about 60000 I know it actually went up to just shy of 69,000, but I feel like 60,000 was kind of the thing. There was a, that there was a spike above it, but I don't feel like that lasted very long. You know, I was looking at the chart. It's weird you bring that up because I guess because, you know, when it's going towards the all time high, it makes sense. You would go back and look at the all time chart. And uh, I didn't remember that when it hit its last all time high, it got really close twice. Like it got up in the 60s twice in April of 2021. It went up to, and this is the weird thing too about Bitcoin, is not all the charts are consistent. Like if you look at the stock market, um, you're going to get a consistent price at what it closed at. But I think a lot of the times the charts that you're reading are based on different exchanges where Bitcoin is sold or where crypto is sold. So you're not going to get very consistent readings. Like Yahoo shows an entirely different uh, all-time high according to their charts than does a Coindesk and I assume like a Gemini or a Binance or something like that. But in April of 2021, uh, the Bitcoin reached, uh, according to the CoinDesk chart, it reached about 62,000 on that. And then it plummeted all the way down to the low 30s. Uh, it shows here it actually got in the high 20s uh, by midsummer in July of 2021, and then raced back up to the all-time high, which CoinDesk shows Somewhere around like sixty eight five. Yeah, I feel like is the all time high. I feel like I should remember that. Be, I, that's a pretty significant drop. That would have created an awful lot of the same stories that the lasting drop did, as far as people buying high and then being stuck. The last all time high, the big story was it was going to a hundred k, which it didn't. Um, uh, and people were talking about how it, that in the previous cycle it had done that dip and then raced to its all time high. It's just that the two peaks were so similar in that last run. So it's kind of crazy. Who knows what's going to happen? We just know that it's on a bit of a run right now, and it seems like it's within striking distance of its previous all-time Yeah, high. which to me, that what that ends up meaning is we're going to be hearing a lot more people talk about it, and this is when that FOMO might start to kick in, and there will be a lot of people agitated that they might be missing out on the next run or they have to buy in now and so on. So I think we'll hear a lot more stories like that. Again, people hoping to get in uh, if this one is going to go on an even higher run this time. Do you mind if I ask you, where did you hear about it? Like you say people are going to be talking about it. Where are people talking about it? Uh, for me, How it was always online. It? I guess one of the major differences is that I was reading Twitter a lot more during the last run and now I don't. <laughs> That's a really but interesting point. There will probably point. be a lot of articles as well. 
Yeah, I don't read a lot of Twitter either anymore. And that's where the, the Bitcoin and the crypto stuff is really just kind of like natively surfacing on its own in my feeds. I could go look for it on places like Reddit or go look at a chart. But yeah, it, I feel like it's not surfacing on its own now. Maybe the difference is Twitter. That's a really interesting point. Yeah, I think that uh, with so many people that have left Twitter, I, I don't feel like they've gone to somewhere else. I think that there are a lot of sort of you would ha be happy to be competitors. There's what well, Blue Sky, I think, is gone public now. There's Mastodon. If you uh, can get past the picking a server and all that stuff, there's Threads, <laughs> which is the one that I personally use. I just I've had a good experience with the um, the audience on there, but it's not nearly as active. So I don't feel like anyone. We haven't all gone to somewhere specific unless unless all the cool people went somewhere and didn't tell us i uh i i think people are just using it less um i don't know what possessed me to do it but i spent a little bit of time on twitter the other day and it was just an absolute cesspool i couldn't believe it i mean it was um i went to go look up a person whose son had passed away and it was she was the ceo of a company uh, that we had worked pretty closely with. And we knew her and her uh, university-aged son had suddenly passed away. And uh, we, I went and looked at it, and it was just people saying the most horrifying, horrible, vitriolic stuff. I couldn't fucking believe it. And yet, at the same time, somehow I could believe it as well. Really bizarre. While we're talking about business stuff, though, uh, I would like to talk about a little bit of follow-up on our post office uh, discussion from yesterday about the the British post office you know that a lot of times they tend to be in like little just shops with people that you would normally wouldn't associate with being you know royal mail employees that are running local post offices I actually prefer that way more I think the system in America I think the post office is one of the weirdest entities in American culture it's really bizarre and uh, have you ever heard the urban legend Ashley that uh um postal trucks are the only vehicles that are legally allowed to run a red light. Have you ever heard that before? What? No, I've never heard that. That seems like that would be ambulances and police. Right. Not why, right. why can a postal vehicle run a red light? It was a trick question they would ask you, which is like what vehicle always has the right of way and what vehicle can legally run red lights. And people would say ambulance or they would say fire engine. And the answer was, the postal trucks, because postal vehicles are federal vehicles and traffic laws are state laws. So they're exempt from everything. And the rumor was that if you got in an accident with a post office's truck, uh, you would be at fault. No matter what, huh? But it turns out it's not true. It's an urban legend. And it's one that lasted for a really long time. But it does, it does kind of play into that mystique that the post office has, which are they a private company? Are they a government entity? Like they can put Mickey Mouse on stamps and things like that, or the hat, the cat in the hat, uh, you know, these corporate logos, they can put them on stamps, but they're still part of the government somehow, but they're not. They're a private entity. It's a really weird organization. I think, yeah, I think the thing is they used to be a federal agency and I think they got spun off several decades ago and, and privatized basically. So it's now a company. By Nixon? No, it was after that. Wasn't it? Is the post office a government agency? Let's find out here. We're going to look this up. The post office. See, I'm reading the summary thing here, and I shouldn't be reading the summary. This is the chat GPT summary. 
The post office or the United States Postal Service is an independent agency of the executive branch, executive branch of the United States federal government. It is responsible for providing postal services in the U.S. and its territories. The post office became an independent agency in 1971 after the Postal Reorganization Act of 1970 transformed it from a cabinet-level agency to an independent establishment. What is an independent agency of the executive branch? And if you're not familiar with the U.S. government, the executive branch is the branch that includes the president and the vice president. Then we have the legislative branch. That includes Congress. And then we have the judicial branch, uh, which includes all of these ghouls in their black robes <laughs> that destroy one's <laughs> quality of life. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like this, and then weird we have the post like, office, which is just zombie weird. hybrid. We're off on a kind of a UK, or I'm off on a UK tangent here. Uh, but it it also talks about uh, reminds me of that the Secret Service uh, that protects the president, the guys in the black suits and sunglasses and the earpieces. Uh, they started as a part of the U.S. Mint. That's where the Secret Service began. Wait, what? Um, I know it's, it's really strange origins to some of these things. And that reminds me, too, I don't know if we've ever talked about this on the podcast before, but I ran into a really weird thing when I went to the bank in the the UK and I had to pay somebody some money uh, and I had to pull out some money. And the person behind the counter said, what's the money for? And I said, what? And she goes, no, you have to we have to ask, what are you going to use the money for? And I couldn't believe she would ask that question. And so I said, I'm just going down to London and we're going to buy something and they want cash for it. Uh, and it'd be nice to have some cash while we're down here. And then she said, oh, well, let me make sure you have some English notes and not Scottish notes. And once again, I laughed and go, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, right. And she goes, no, that's a thing. They won't take Scottish money in England. Do they, do they legally not take Scottish money? Or is it one of those, like, Scottish money is not good enough? Uh, like, is it a cultural thing? Because I know there's a there's a bit of rivalry that happens culturally within the UK between Scotland and England. You know, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't see a reason why you couldn't take it. It's 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 in the country at the same time. If it does go to show, if people don't assign it a value, then it has no value. It's only worth it if people will take it and they won't take it. They literally will turn it away and say, no, I won't do that. Man, that's crazy. But yeah, it was weird to go down there and realize that they have different money. The other weird thing, and maybe it's not actually that weird, you know, it's just that we do it differently in the U.S., is that the money is printed by the banks. It's not printed by the Royal Mint. The money, I think the coinage is done by the Royal Mint, but the notes are done by the bank. Like, it'd be weird in America if you got a dollar bill that didn't look like other dollar bills, and it said, from Bank of America on it. Right, like, specifically, they have different designs. So you might get a one-pound note from the Bank of Scotland and a one-pound note from, I want to be very clear about this, the Royal Bank of Scotland, which is a different bank, and they will have different designs on them and they will say which bank made them it's so strange yeah it's really to us that's weird to us that's weird because every dollar bill looks like every other dollar bill you know except for the fake like million dollar bills that have donald trump on them (laughs) which i need to get one of those soon but uh yeah it's wild hey ashley can i i want to talk while we're talking about trump that just brings to mind that shane gillis who does such a killer trump impression he was the host of saturday night live this weekend uh, did you watch any of that? Yeah, I watched, I watched his monologue. He had some, some funny sketches. He did a really interesting thing during his monologue. And I don't, people should go watch it because there's a really interesting television moment in that where he does a joke, uh, 
about his dad uh, being a volunteer coach for a girls' sports team. And it's kind of a running thing for him is that he, he insults his dad and his fans absolutely love it. Uh, and everyone in the audience was laughing. You know, you hear the laughter on TV and everything. And then suddenly goes, you guys didn't think that was funny. Me bringing my dad all the way here to insult him. Yeah. I thought it was funny. And he, it made me realize just how much that response on the, on the monologue must be sweetened because it did not seem like that joke did not go over. It seemed like the audience loved that joke. But he reacted as though it fell flat. Yeah, he did. I, I did see that part, and uh, I was curious about it because from what I had seen of the re- reaction, it was fine as well. But, you know, that's, that's what you do, right, is you can sweeten things up for broadcast. That's really, really common. It's, uh, it's not quite the same as having the big box that people light up and go, applause for audiences. I don't know if they even still do that now, but uh, uh, it did seem like it was going fine. And then he was reacting like it wasn't going fine. And it actually confused me a little bit as a viewer. Did you ever see the YouTube video that somebody did where they showed an episode of two and a half men and they just took out the the laugh track entirely? Oh, it was so awkward. It was, uh, I, I didn't see one of two and a half men, but I did see one of big bang theory, I think. And, uh, it was, it was wild how, different the show was without people laughing at it without basically that audio audio cue find this funny well it's also because they also had you know the pauses in there so there was so much dead space in the conversation because you know you're waiting for the laugh and everything it reminded me of one of the earliest viral hits on the web do you remember uh garfield without garfield yes i do did you ever read that (laughs) so it was the it was the garfield comics uh, but Garfield himself had been removed. So what you saw instead was a lot of John talking to himself and having this very sad life. He he like he was still <laughs> was, talking to <laughs> Garfield, but there was no Garfield there. And it was like it was like this oddly, oddly compelling, I don't know, art experiment. It it was very existential. Yeah, it was just seemed like this lunatic man in his house by himself talking to himself and like comforting himself and also insulting himself. It was, it was really strange, but like you said, something about it was really, really compelling. And speaking of things that are compelling and speaking of television, Ashley, I think I have a new favorite television show. Oh, uh, and I don't know if you, I don't know if you've seen this. I don't even know how to describe it. I'll just tell you what I saw. It was a clip from a television show I think it was German. They were they sounded like they were German. They were they were speaking. I think it was German. <laughs> it's a dude and he's sitting at a podium with a bunch of cameras on him and he's got a plate. And on the plate is a pretzel, like a big soft pretzel, Bavarian pretzel maybe. Maybe they were Bavarian. Who was it salted? And he's got a knife. <laughs> yeah, it's got but only only a little bit. It wasn't obscene. It wasn't like American like carnival. Insulted. <laughs> you ever you ever get one of those and it's like there's so much salt on it it's like it's like a crust it's like more salt than it is pretzel oh those are the best kind <laughs> oh my god your lips will fall off after that but he's got a knife and he's over this pretzel and he's and he puts it puts it down to cut the pretzel and then he looks at it and he makes an adjustment and then he makes the cut okay so he cuts it into two pieces and then this is where it gets amazing He takes the two pieces, he walks over to a different station where there's two scales and he puts it on there and they both come out to like 40 grams 
even, perfectly even cut, like right down the middle, both sides, 40 grams, and the crowd goes nuts, and the, the I guess there's judges, and they're like, he did it! <laughs> Ashley, <laughs> I... I don't know what this show is. All I know is I never want to watch any other show ever again. I want to watch just this show on repeat. I want an entire cable network de- devoted to cutting things in half perfectly. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll we'll put the clip of that in the link up so that other people can enjoy it as well. Yeah, it seems like uh, it seems like we need to learn a lot more about this show. The perfect cutting of things. What is that? Like, what? that's the weirdest thing about the internet is that it has given rise to all these different forms of entertainment like ASMR that we didn't even know was an entertainment. It was just like people responded to things. Like, if you go back and look at, you know, access television and early cable stuff, you get a guy like Bob Ross you didn't know he was an ASMR star because we didn't know what ASMR was. But for whatever reason, people would watch Bob Ross paint a painting super slowly, the same painting over and over again, and just talk in a nice droning, calming voice, you know? But it's interesting because where would they have ever had a show where you cut things in half and measure how well you did that? I like it. I like the internet's enabled us to identify these sort of like niche interests and through sheer massive scale, make them a viable thing. Like podcasting. Do you watch anything like that? Uh, I, watch, <laughs> I watch a lot of gardening videos on Instagram. I find them very relaxing. Just people going through and talking about what they're planting right now or how they're getting their garden ready for spring and showing the seedlings or showing how they're uncompacting uh, the, the soil and it's uh, like I'm not going to plant the same things because I'm not in remotely the same climate or region, but I can't not watch and find out what they're going to do with their garden. OK, I'm going to tell you about something I know that you watch that doesn't make any sense. And I watched it to make fun of you for watching it. That was my initial plan. And then I got completely <laughs> sucked into it as well. Wait, hold on. Do you know hold what on. it is? Did it involve Vampire Brothers? She looks like she could have been somebody who starred on Vampire Diaries. I'll just do this. It's Tuesday. Let's get oh dressed. Oh, my God. the tu- I love her so much. I don't see her. I- I've stopped using TikTok, which is where I saw her a lot. And then I found it took me ages yeah. to find her again on Instagram. But it's this lady. And I feel like she maybe went, went viral for a period of time because I-, I swear I saw more about her. Um, in a lot of places. I'm going to find her Instagram. And you know what? I'll even go find her TikTok and I will put it on there because she is absolutely compelling. She'll say to the camera, it's Tuesday. Let's get dressed. She claps her hands and then she goes through every element of her wardrobe and she is she chooses between two things, two handbags, two different trousers, two tops, two insane shoes. And she picks all these things and then comes out looking like a motherfucking rock star. She looks amazing every single time. And you you get like, if you watch enough of these, I mean, this is not content for me at all, but she's a very striking woman and her, her, her fashion sense is absolutely incredible. And, but then you, after a while, you know, there's only so many choices she has in her wardrobe. So you'll see things making an appearance. Like she'll put the Gucci bag up against the Fendi bag. And you're like, well, you gotta go with the Fendi bag. And then she goes with the Gucci bag. And you're like, Sammy, what are you doing? (laughs) You're off the rails. And then she puts her outfit together and it always looks 
amazing. Amazing. Yeah, it's, it, her name was like Sammy J. Coates or something. Anyway, we'll put that in the link dump so that you can become as invested in her fashion choices as we have become because she's really amazing. And, and yeah, entertaining. And for a thing that is just putting clothes on. It is, I promise you, it is not that exciting when I put clothes on for the day. Well, it's Tuesday for us, everyone, so let's get dressed. And maybe you'll choose the Fendi bag today, and maybe you'll choose the Gucci bag, but that's entirely up to you. We will be back to talk to you tomorrow, Wednesday. We hope you'll be here as well. Bye, everybody.